The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. Thank you so much for liking our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. Thank you for your comments there, and thanks for your emails that you send and letting me know what's happening for you in your recovery and your spirituality walk. I very much appreciate your participation here uh, with Spirit of Recovery. I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community, whatever uh, other spiritual communities, your friends, your family, know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It is great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality right here on unityonlineradio.org. And um, it's a delight to hear from you and to know that what I'm doing here and the guests that I'm bringing here are touching your heart, opening your mind, inspiring you, giving you some uh, experience, strength, and hope, and some new ideas maybe about recovery and, and what it's all about because it's a wonderful beautiful path and and there's many um, great experiences on this path every week that we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth knowledgeable and innovative my guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people and often all of the above and the guests are bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking You know that you can listen to us here on Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can uh, listen via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. You can go to stitcher.com. You can listen live. You can listen on demand. We've got lots of great archives. You can go to www.unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. Also, I want you to know that if you like what you're hearing on Spirit of Recovery and hopefully also on some of the other great programs on Unity Online Radio, if you feel so moved, you can financially help to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to donate. You can make a one-time or an ongoing donation by going 
uh, texting Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. And your contributions do go to support this nonprofit endeavor that is called UnityOnlineRadio.org. I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that's got the disease of addiction, perhaps you are in recovery as a family member or not. Perhaps your loved one, your friend is in recovery from addiction or not. Perhaps you're in recovery from addiction or not. Whatever. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're listening. Perhaps you're just curious about the process of recovery and you want to hear what it's all about. I'm glad that you're here. You're welcome um, to call in or email in to my guest with a comment or question about their topic. Um, We're just glad you're here. It's a welcoming, open place. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And over uh, 33 years ago, actually 34 years ago, those relationships were catalysts that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since that time, my walk has been an integration of the unity principles and recovery principles, and that keeps transforming my life in rich ways and keeps me growing. So I am very grateful, very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, we are talking about a power greater than myself. Um, we'll be looking at these uh, kinds of questions, these ideas. What does it mean to trust a power greater than ourselves? And is it possible that spiritual power can work miracles in our lives. My guest today is CJ, and CJ is a person in long-term recovery. CJ has 29 years of continuous sobriety, and he is very passionate about his experiences with the God of his understanding. CJ credits his recovery from addiction to the 12-step program and to a power greater than himself, And he believes that that spiritual power has helped him to do what he did not do by himself. And CJ believes that that is possible for everybody. CJ is a storyteller. He is an avid fisherman. He is a newspaper columnist. And he is a former radio host. CJ hosted for several years a three-hour-a-day, five-day-a-week program on the radio, and he did not run out of content or stories. And so I think he's going to have a lot to share with us here today, just in our one hour. So, CJ, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Hi, Ann. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very, very glad that you're here, and and thank you uh, for being my guest, and thank you for your experiences and your willingness and your generosity to share those experiences um, with me and with our Spirit of Recovery listeners here today. So let's start off. If you'd be willing, is tell us how you got into recovery. What's your miracle with that part? You know, you ready for me? You know what? Yes. It, it, it's the most amazing thing when I, when I look back at it. You know, I, I found that when it was time for me to come into recovery, it just happened and uh, everything everything seemed to work out, you know, especially in the beginning. But I grew up in a house where my dad was a businessman, and he, he always taught me that 
we do everything by ourselves. You know, we can't, we shouldn't ask for help. Asking for help is a weakness. And and for some reason, I was always attracted to uh, organized religions. And as a as a kid, you know, I'd meet friends that were going to Sunday schools or a program like that. And when I joined up, then my dad would blow a gasket. I mean, he would just be all upset. And I remember him telling me that the only people that go to religion are, are folks that can't do things on their own. You know, they can't do, they can't live on their own and do everything for themselves. And it always shocked me that he would say that because deep down inside, I knew there, I knew there was a power greater than me. I remember talking to some of the missionaries at, at churches that I attended and they would talk about going into areas where there, where there was no religion and, and that they always believed somewhere, somehow, there was a, a power greater than them. It might be the sun, it might be the wind, it might be the rain, you know, whatever it is, or the eclipses. And, and whenever I was around the church um, and I would start reading the Bible, I felt more comfortable. And then Dad would, you know, he'd, he'd make me stop. I mean, he would just, he'd get mad about it and he would make me stop. He always wanted me to be, to be independent. So as time went on, you know, I, 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 turned to, uh, I turned to a life of drugs and alcohol, you know, and there, it seemed like that was the only relief that I could find. And uh, no matter what was going on, if I, Dad always taught us if we had a, a physical ailment, you know, and this started back when the, when the kids came home from the hospital, my brother and my sister, and they, had, and they were teething. Dad would soak a little piece of bread and whiskey, and he would rub it on their teeth. And, um, you know, and, and they would quiet down, you know, and they'd, and they'd fall asleep. And I thought, that's a really cool way to stop pain. And mm-hmm. then it dawned on me, he must have done that to me, too. Mm-hmm. So when, so through my entire life, I, I was surprised with that. And then I took it to the mental, when I was in mental anguish, I would, I would go ahead and, and try to do that. So finally... Um, I wound up, I wound up in trouble. I was always in trouble. And there's a, an area in the, the big book of, of Alcoholics Anonymous of the 12 step program. And it talks about how people that are in their before their recovery, they get to the point where they can't imagine life with alcohol and they can't imagine life without alcohol. And I had reached that point. I was 20. Well, let's see, how old was I? I was 36 years old, as a matter of fact, and and I just totally lost the will, the will to live. You know, I had I had nothing. I had no no religion behind me. I had no spirituality behind me. I had no no belief in anything that could help me. And um, I was in an automobile, and at 36 years old, and driving as fast as I could on the highway, and and just, you know, drunk. I was drunk, 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 and just driving as fast as I could on the highway. And finally the car ran off the road, and I went into the median of this of this big highway. And the car bumped into the grass, and it started coming up the other side and up the incline, and, and a, the car became airborne. And all of a sudden everything stopped. And it was just dead silent, and I, I could feel my body shutting down, and I actually uh, I couldn't control my body anymore. And as embarrassing as it is to say, my 
my bowels moved, and I knew they were, and I couldn't stop it. And I thought, holy cow, you know, this is, I must be dying. This is really bad. And it just got silent, and then there was a, a gray, almost like a big dome. It was a grayish color thing, and, and in the very corner, a, something opened. There was an opening, and a entity of some type came through, and it was, I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman, but it was dressed in brown, and it looked like it had what now I would think might have been a clipboard. And, uh, and, and the person looked at me, this thing looked at me and said, it's not your time, but if you want to come, we will take you. Huh. And I amazed myself, Anna, because I remember saying no. And I, huh. to this day, I don't know why I said no, but I said no. And the next thing I know, the, car hit the ground, and it was noisy and banging, and stuff was flying, and oh my gosh, I just, I couldn't believe I was still alive. I went back into the median, popped up the other side of the highway, and pulled off the side of the road, and stopped the car, and got out, and, and I was just shaking. I was shaking, shaking, shaking mm-hmm. for an hour, and wow. uh, I, I, I wound up somewhere close to a friend's house, so I stopped at the, in his driveway, as a matter of fact, and you could drive the car. Uh, okay. The car was drivable. I could, I, uh, yeah, the car was drivable. The car was drivable. It had dirt and mud and grass all over it and stuff like that. But uh, I could still drive. Yep, and I and I made it down. I, I wound up about, you know, I was two hundred miles from home, uh, back where I used to live, and I I knew that there was something really wrong, and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I, I found this guy. He let me sleep on his sofa. No, I was dirty. I had to throw my, some of my clothes away. He lent me a pair of pants. And, and the, um, the next day when I woke up, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, but I knew there was something wrong. And, and I, I looked in the car, and there was drugs and alcohol all over the place. And, and, and I thought, my drinking must have something to do with this. And it was the first time that I could remember consciously thinking that. And I didn't know what to do, but my dad had always watched the movie uh, The Honeymooners and, you know, the, the truck driver and the, the sewer guy, Ed. One time mm-hmm. Ed thought that he, was, he had a drinking problem, mm-hmm. and Ralph told him that he should go to AA. And when you go to AA, whenever you feel like drinking, then, you know, the... The guys, you call the guys, and they talk you out of it. Hmm. And that was the only thing that I knew about recovery programs. So um, I called, and a woman answered the phone, and she told me where there was a beginner's meeting. And I drove over to the beginner's meeting, and they started talking about uh, 12 steps and a power greater than you and a loving God who can help you. And, And I thought, this is not for me. You know, I've been taught to stay away from religion and spirituality all my entire life. This program is just not for me. And I started to walk out, and the guy next to me grabbed me by the hand and pulled me back down, and he says, just relax, and you just stay here. He says, you need to stay here. And when I look back on it now, I realize that whole event was God working in my life. At that time, I didn't even think of it because I I had been trained not to. And um, 
Yeah, we went to a meeting, and when everything was over, the old-timers came, and they talked to me for a little while, and, and I walked out of the building, and I knew, I knew I was not going to drink. And that was on Friday the 13th, February 13th, 1986. That was 29 years ago. And I have not had a drink or a drug since. Mm-hmm. Thank you for and sharing there, that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sometimes, sometimes I have a tendency to jump in, so you're going to have to stop. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. That's good. Just thank you for sharing yeah. that. It's an incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a story that uh, that's a story that I haven't really shared. You know, it's it's still. I mean, here I am, 29 years later. I think that I've got uh, a pretty serious grasp on on God, as I understand Him, and on the spiritual way of life. But it's still, it doesn't roll off my tongue like some of the folks that I meet that. You know, they went through, uh, they lived in a spiritual home, they lived in a religious home, they, they had no qualms with their revivals in their houses and so on and so forth. And I hear their stories about they just always believed, you know, that they had they had a loving God that would do these things for, for them, because I never did. I just never learned that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as time went on, I ran into problems where um, I was in the 12-step program, and I bought a copy of the big book, and I started reading the big book, and it talks about God, and it talks about God as we understand him. And, and the, the beauty of the 12-step program for me at the time was they would let me believe whatever, whatever I wanted was the actual power greater than me. Their attitude at that time is that it was more important for me to believe that there is a way out of this for me. As a matter of fact, at one point, they thought about naming the big book the way out. But they, they thought it was important for me to realize there was a way out. And um, and I remember sitting there one day, and, and everybody thought about, all right, you know, what? Uh, some question came up about prayer, and they asked me, they said, CJ, um, you know, what kind of prayer do you say, you know, when, when you're just sitting quiet? What kind of pray, prayers do you say? And I said, I don't know any prayers. She says, well, everybody knows a prayer. I said, I don't know any prayers. And, and I was thinking about, you know, maybe something that you would say at the dinner table. And uh, and then finally they just beat me up over it. You know, well, you must know one. I said, All right, I know one prayer. I said, God, please let me catch one more fish. Okay, see all the old... <laughs> <laughs> That's It's time for our break. It's time for our first break. And that's a good prayer. I like that one. We'll be right back. Listeners, stay with us. My guest is CJ. We are talking about a power greater than myself and about the miracles in CJ's life that um, brought him into sobriety and that keep him. He's long-term recovery, got 29 years of continuous sobriety. And uh, I love that prayer. God help me catch one more fish. Okay, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. 
We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. If you're just joining us, our topic today is A Power Greater Than Myself. My guest is CJ. CJ is uh, a person that has 29 years of continuous sobriety, and he credits his recovery from addiction to the 12-step program and to a power greater than himself. And CJ really does believe that the spiritual power has helped him to do what he didn't do by himself, and he believes that that's possible for everybody. And uh, CJ is a storyteller, an avid fisherman, a newspaper columnist, and a former radio host. And so he is uh, doing a a wonderful sharing here and uh, has told us already some great things about the miracles in his life and his recovery. Before I get back to my conversation with CJ, I'd like to invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute, which is a moment of making conscious contact with your higher power as you understand your higher power, and then taking just a brief moment in the quiet. I'll ask you to share a constructive idea with me, and then we'll take a moment in the quiet. So I invite you to relax, to feel that peaceful presence of your higher power, that presence of love as it radiates throughout your body temple as you relax maybe paying attention to your breath as it comes in and goes out allowing your mind to open allowing your heart to open and share with me this constructive idea my higher power is working miracles in my life I say yes to my good my higher power is working miracles in my life I say yes to my good. And now we take a moment in the quiet. joining me in the Serenity Minute. I trust that it was a wonderful opportunity for you to relax and to make conscious contact with your higher power as you understand it. And now we're back to my conversation with my guest, CJ, and we're talking to 
uh, about the topic of power greater than myself. And CJ, before the break, you were uh, sharing with us about prayer, and you were saying that uh, your uh, AA group was inviting you to learn how to pray, and uh, you told them the only prayer you knew was, God, help me catch another fish. So how did it go from there? <laughs> I guess it was a good start, Anna. You know, the uh, it took me a long time because they would talk about, you know, we talk about, uh, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. And I found that if I, if I tried to meditate and just sit quiet, then the gray noise was so loud, I would start grinding my teeth. And, and after what seemed like an interminable amount of time, I, I couldn't do it anymore. And I'd, I'd look at the clock and it had only been 30 seconds. So I knew that I needed to learn how to pray, and, and I was asking people, and I tried to memorize some of these things, you know, that I had heard, but I was never very good at that, and the suggestion was make that I pick up uh, one of the little books that the 12-step programs use, and there's a daily prayer in there, and they said, why don't you do that, you know, read that prayer every day, and, and I did that, and then when I, I wanted to bring it into my life, how could I bring this into my life, and I would, I would try to say a prayer or I'd get on my knees and I would I would say a prayer at the bedside and, and I, I, I couldn't think of anything. I just couldn't think of it. And finally, one of the folks that I know that, that I came to admire in this program told me to, you know what, he says, why don't you start this way? He says, and every time that you have a meal at home, just before you have a meal, say a little blessing. He says, and say it out loud. You know, because I found that I was, I was trying to think of prayers and think about prayer, but it was silent, you know, and it just it wasn't working. So way, way back, like 29 years ago, um, I started saying a prayer at every meal, and I would say a little blessing at every meal. And people were kind of surprised because if I, if I were, well, they were surprised that, you know, I wasn't drunk, but they were surprised that here I am saying these prayers, and I've I didn't have any prayers by rote, so I would I would say, you know, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the miracles that you've done in my life, and I, I I'm so grateful. I just can't express it, and thank you for this meal, and thank you for everything I've got. Amen. And people at the table would look at me, and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're just like you're just talking to God. <laughs> yeah, and I and I. From the very beginning, now, through my childhood, I was hoping to find a religion. I was hoping to find some way that I could do this. And, and you know, like we were talking about, I was, I was kept away from it. Mm-hmm. So almost immediately, I found that having, having a power greater than myself to help me through this recovery thing, I had found a friend. And it was, some, it was just a revelation to me. It was really something that I, I couldn't. I couldn't have even imagined. Well, CJ, that's right. We we have a question here from a listener, Mary, and Mary asks this about your relationship with your higher power. She's asking, do you feel your relationship with that higher power is as big or as vast as it should be? Is there more? What would you say there? Thank you, Mary, for for asking a question. Thank you for emailing that in. We appreciate it. So, is your relationship with your higher power as big or vast as it should be? Is there more? I think there's always more. 
Mm-hmm. I would talk to the old timers in this program, and, and they would say, "How's things going, CJ?" And I'd say, "You know, this is just the best that's ever been. My life is the best that's ever been. It can't possibly get any better." And the old timers would look at me and they would say, "You're just scratching the surface. You know, you're only scratching the surface. The longer you do this, the more you will learn." Today, I think I have a tremendous relationship with the God of my understanding. He's changed my entire life. I live in the middle of the Florida Keys. I wake up in the morning and I look up and the sun beats down on me and, I, and I, I'm just doing everything that I possibly want to do. I'm married to a wonderful woman and you know, we've been married now 13 years and that's about, you know, that's longer than I've ever known any other woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I still believe, I still, I know, I can say that I know, I know that this will just keep getting better and it will continue growing. I think it's just going to continue growing all the way along. Uh, mm-hmm. my, 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 my understanding of God, as I understand him through the years, has changed. And it changed where at one time it was the program of the 12-step program. Then it was my sponsor. And the old-timers would look at me. I remember one day that uh, I had a... a an emotional breakdown in the middle of the day and I started crying and I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. And I was about four or five years sober and I didn't know what to do. And I, and I called my sponsor and he said, get to a meeting and come there now and meet me there now. And I did that. And I sat down and we talked about what happened and I couldn't stop crying. And then finally, um, I got my, senses back and you know I stopped crying and he said what happened what happened here and after about four or five tries you know and he'd say well you know you're you're getting there you're getting there you're getting there and then finally I said to him which is exactly the step two in the 12-step programs I said you know what a power greater than me I have come to believe that a power greater than me can return me to sanity because I was totally insane and now I'm back and I didn't know that I could do this. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, and what is that power that's greater than you? And I, I looked at him and I looked around and I said, it's the 12-step program. And the most important thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life, the most important thing that's ever happened to me is in my entire life happened. And this man looked at me and he said, perfect. He says, you just believe in that. You just stay sober one day at a time. He says, and then down the road, he says, if your idea about your power greater than yourself changes, he says, you know, be willing to go with it. Mm-hmm. And, and had it not been for that, I mean, if this person immediately told me that I have to believe this or I have to believe that or I'm right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you're wrong, you did this, you did that, I would not have stayed. And I and I think and I've I've even talked to my wife about this many times. The most important things that have happened to me in my life have all happened to me after I after I entered the the twelve step program and and took on a power greater than myself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so do I believe my do I believe my relationship with my greater power as I understand him now is good? I believe it's perfect. I believe it's perfect because my life was totally out of control. I was, I was nothing, you know, I just, I couldn't stand it. Now all of a sudden I've been praying 
and my prayers are very are very easy. God, help me. That's all I have to say. Just God, help me. I wake up in the morning, I think about that. I go to bed at night, I think about that. And my life is just turned into a fantasy. I'm living where I want to live. You know, people see me in the people that are not in recovery programs or people that don't even think about this stuff, they'll see me and they'll say, CJ, what's the story with you? You're always smiling. You know, you're always smiling. You're always happy, you know, and they get mad. You know, they get mad about it. And they'll say, what? What's the deal with you? And I look at them and I say, I'm living in the middle of paradise. I have a God that loves me. I help people all day long. And every now and then they gave, they give me money. So why wouldn't I be happy? <laughs> and, it, and it just seems like that's the way I'm living. And I, you know, I, I give all of that to a power greater than myself. And depending, mm-hmm. sometimes depending what group I'm with, I, I'll even use a different name. You know, I, I believe there's a, there's a Christ and I believe in, uh, you know, Trinity. And, but sometimes when I'm in a 12 step program, I, I kind of, I'll hold back with that because if I were to say those things in front of a newcomer, just like the day that somebody didn't do that to me, maybe I can help them. And then as they grow in their spiritual growth, just like me in their spiritual walk, then they'll, they'll change their minds. You know, they'll, they'll just mm-hmm. keep coming closer and closer to a different belief. Right. Well, let me ask you this, CJ. Obviously, as you told us in your childhood, you were actively taught and, and maybe even punished a little bit for for believing in something, a power, some spiritual power. Has that changed as, as your recovery, has your now belief in a spiritual power, your practice of that changed anything in your relationship with your family or, uh, or your sense of yourself? My family divorced me when, uh, when I started believing. I started believing I was in a recovery program. Dad said at one time, I remember, Dad said one time, I think it's just great that you've stopped drinking. He says, and I'm really proud of you for doing that. He says, because, you know, your drinking was getting out of control a little bit, he said. But, you know, to think that you had to go to those people and get help from those people, you know, when they're trying to turn you to God, he says, it's a shame that it happened that way for you and you couldn't just do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there was no question, Anna, in my mind that dad was wrong. No, dad was wrong. Mm-hmm. And dad, he, he even, the only time that he would talk about the Bible or about religion is when he could use it against me, you know, and um, he'd come home sometimes and he'd be drunk and he'd fall down and he'd fight with my wife and this and that. And I would say, dad, you know, you're drinking is, you're drinking is really off the wall. And he'd say, no, 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 this is fine. You know, it says in the Bible that it's okay to drink. And, you know, you take the wine from the new wine skin and, you know, you mix the wines and you do this. And he says, look, everybody in the Bible, he says, everybody in the Bible drank. Now, I wasn't allowed to have a Bible, so mm-hmm. I didn't know that was wrong. So, you know, so that's, so that's where I was with that. Mm-hmm. Well, regarding that, Mary uh, also emailed another question, and I think you just answered it. She, her other question, uh, thank you, Mary, for a listener for emailing in a question, was... Um, was anybody in your family afflicted with the disease of alcoholism? So, again, we can't say I, that your dad is or isn't. I apologize for that. But sounded like, anyway, the drinking was creating some problems. So that's her question. 
Was if I were else? to uh, if I were to make a list of you know was that alcoholic yes or no and, and put people on the sides I would put him on that side. Dad mm-hmm. got so bad he died at fifty five years old with bruises and cuts on his body that wouldn't wouldn't heal. He he drank so much ouzo you know with the Greek ouzo with um, a licorice liqueur and and it's just filled with sugar and he would drink so much ouzo that he would go two to three weeks without eating he didn't have to eat he would drink the ouzo and pass out and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and that's what we learned my sister was uh, hopelessly in trouble with alcohol and drugs and Mm -hmm. she wound up 15 years after I came in this program she was in big big trouble she was being taken to the emergency room once or twice a month and falling down and, you know, getting arrested and so on and so forth. Okay, and, hold, uh, on, I to that. hold thought- on to that thought. It's time for our uh, second break. Thank you uh, okay. for sharing this with us. Uh, listeners, stay with us. Our topic today is a power greater than myself, and my guest is CJ. He's got 29 years of continuous sobriety and sharing with us the miracles in his life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm glad that you have joined us today. 
If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. Our topic today is a power greater than myself. And uh, we're talking about those miracles that happen in recovery, um, that get people in recovery and that keep happening is the process of getting in touch and getting in relationship with that power greater than ourselves. My guest is CJ, and he is very passionate about his recovery and his experiences with the God of his understanding. So, uh, we're just glad to have you, CJ, and you're sharing so much good information with us, so much from the heart. It's just beautiful. Before the break, you were talking about your sister. You were responding to um, whether or not there were people in your family that also perhaps were afflicted with this disease of addiction, and you were talking about your sister who had had a lot of difficulty. So please continue with that and tell us about what's happening with her or what happened with her. You know, she had... She- she grew up in the same house as I did, obviously, and um, I got sober, and I tried to talk to her about doing something about her drinking, and you know, Anna, that, that doesn't work, you know, to try to talk somebody into coming into this program, to try to talk somebody into seeking a spiritual way of life. It, it's just so difficult, especially if it's a family member. So in this program, for 15 years, I used to sit in meetings and I'd talk to the old timers and I'd say, oh man, my sister, she's in the hospital again and I don't know what to do, you know, and I'm going to lose her. And I've got this whole key to life, you know, there's a key to life and, I, and, and I'd love to share it with her, but it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And 10 years went by and then 15 years went by and I had talked to her about it several times and she... Um, I think she tried She tried going to a 12-step program a couple times and didn't like it. And then one day after 15 years, I got a phone call, and it was her. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, she must be in the hospital or something, or she needs money. And she says, um, something happened. She says, something happened in my life. And she says, I, I don't think I'm going to drink anymore. And I thought, holy cow, that's the exact same thing that I said. Now, when I got sober, I was living in, in Orlando, and I got sober at a meeting in Fort Lauderdale. My sister had moved from someplace, and she wound up, so she wound up in, in Fort Lauderdale. And we started talking. that she's got to be kidding. She says, yeah. She says, I went to a meeting. I said, how would you get there? She says, I, I just found out where there was a meeting, and I went there, and we started talking about it, and it turns out, she went to the Friday night beginners meeting in Fort Lauderdale, and it was the same exact Friday night beginners meeting that I went to for my first for my first meeting huh. fifteen years later. Uh-huh. And uh, and I just handed her last last month. We just handed her a thirteen years thirteen year medallion. She hasn't had a drink or a drug for thirteen years. Wow. And she's got a real strong belief in God, and she's doing really great. Uh-huh. And that's my brother a, was... Another miracle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pardon me? Brother? That's another miracle, incredible miracle. God that, at work. It's an incredible miracle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was the same room. And, Anna, you have to think, how many places, how many businesses, how many organizations, how many people would be in the same exact place doing the same exact thing, saving lives for 15 years. And how did the two of us ever, ever wind up in the same place? They invited me to come and be a featured speaker one night and when my sister was there on, on her one-year anniversary, as a matter of fact, 
and they asked if I would speak, and I told the room that story. Mm-hmm. And the entire room was just dead quiet, you know, and, they, and we realized that through this loving God as we understand him, we're, we're saving lives. You know, we're, just, we're saving lives. We're bringing families together. I, I remember a, a woman early in my sobriety, there was a little old woman that we were at this big convention. And, you know, I, keep, I tell people she, was, she must have been 230 years sober. But she was about four foot eight. And she got up to the lectern. There were 2,500 people at this convention. And she said, someday Alcoholics Anonymous will come to be known as the greatest power for good on earth. And the room just exploded. And, uh, and I watch this now, and, uh, and now I know that God works through people. God talks through people. And my sister, my brother, did the same thing. My brother was eight months sober uh, this week, and he was lost his house, lost everything. He was in jail all the time. And he did the same thing, walked into a 12-step program one day, and, um, you know, the power of God grabbed him. And he's eight months without a drink now. So it's just, it's amazing how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the beautiful part of it is I think it'll work for anybody. I think it'll work for anybody. And people mm-hmm. will ask me, well, how come you're the lucky one? You know, why is it that you got sober and, you know, and all these other people go out and, 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 they, and they just don't get it? And it's like the 12-step programs, the way that I like it, somebody described it to me way, way back, and they said it's spiritual kindergarten. The 12-step program is spiritual kindergarten. And come on in, and we'll talk to you about spirituality, not about, uh, you know, names and dates and so on and so forth, but just about, just about living, living your life in, in a spiritual manner where you don't have to be afraid anymore. And I, I find that in this program... A friend of mine, uh, as a matter of fact, I think, well, I know he's been on your show a couple of times. He used to ask me when I was really nervous, I'd be really nervous about things early in my sobriety, and he would say, did God bring you your daily bread yesterday? And I would say, yeah. And he says, and you think he's going to bring you your daily bread tomorrow? I'd say, you know, I really do. And he says, well, where do you think it's going to, what do you think it'll be? I have no idea. And he'd say, that's right, you don't. And he'd hang up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh And then after a while, you know, uh, I started, I started to really think that, you know, my God, as I understand him, will give me my daily bread. I truly believe that. I truly believe. And there are certain promises that they talk about in the 12-step program. And one of them is the, the, um, the fear of economic insecurity. The fear of economic insecurity will leave us. And now I go through things where I might have a problem with um, a big expense comes up or, you know, maybe work seems like it's troublesome or so on and so forth. And I just, I know I'm going to be all right. I just know I'm going to be all right. And for a guy like me that always fixed his physical and emotional pain with drugs or alcohol, this is just such a great way to live. I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. So I live with no fear. I live with no fear. And the mm-hmm. folks that are coming into this, coming into a program or, you know, having troubles in their own, own recovery or with addictions and so on and so forth, 
there is just, there's a whole new way of life. I mean, this is not, I tell people, don't come into the recovery program hoping for little things. Don't come in here hoping that, you know, you'll get your job back. Don't come in here hoping that you'll get your license back. Don't come in here hoping that, you know, you and your wife will get back together because there's miracles that happen here. There's miracles that happen in these programs and in these recovery programs every day, every day. And it takes, for a guy like me, I'm still doing it. I'm still learning where I'm, con- I'm converting my thinking that there's a loving God that takes care of us. There's a loving God that takes care of us. And all we have to do is ask. hmm what do you do, uh, CJ, to keep that relationship with your higher power alive and and growing? I make sure that on a daily basis, I I make some quiet time. I put some quiet time aside, and uh, you know we talk about prayer and meditation. The way they describe it to me is prayer is when I'm talking to God, and meditation is when I'm listening, and I do it on a daily basis. When I have something that comes into my life, usually it's one of my character defects that's causing me to to blow up and to get into um, emotional turmoil. And I've learned through through this program and through my spiritual growth to just stop, close my eyes, fold my hands, and I say, God, I'm angry, my ego is is all." messed up and I'm starting to talk to people and I'm, I'm getting uh, nasty with people and this, this anger is doing me no good. Please remove it from me. And you know what? It goes away. It just goes away instantly. And then later it comes back and I have to do it again. So uh, I've learned now that a power greater than me can restore me from sanity. And it might not be once and forever. And that's why, I guess, you know, that's why church is every Sunday instead of just one Sunday. I guess that's why 12-step programs are, they just keep, they just stay there. People just keep going. hmm hmm What do you see uh, in the 12-step programs today that maybe is the same or maybe different from when you came in 29 years ago in terms of people and how they're living the program? It's surprisingly the same, and it's surprisingly different. When I came in, um, you know, the, the folks that were coming in were really, most of them were further down in, in, their, in their bottom, towards their bottom. We've got a lot of folks now that come in, and they're uh, court-ordered. We have a lot of folks that come in, and, you know, they, they might come in because they're trying to, you know, support somebody else, and then they find out this is where they belong. And um, I'm, I'm at the point where I see some of these folks that come into this program because they're court-ordered, they wind up getting long, long-term sobriety. They have long-term sobriety. They have a fervent belief in the power greater than them that restored them to sanity, and they're helping people. They're working with people. And it, it's, just, it's just amazing how it doesn't matter who you are or what your situation is or why you start a program of recovery and, a, and, and start a spiritual way of life, it's available for you. And people say, what do you think, the, what are the chances of somebody coming into this program and staying sober 
and learning a spiritual way of life. What do you think the chances are? And I tell them 100% because mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. I came in. I have not had a drink or a drug since. I believe in a, in a power greater than me. I live in the middle of the Florida Keys. I have a, a, an offshore fishing boat, and the name of it is Extravagant Promises. <laughs> and, those, you know, folks that are in the recovery program know that are these extravagant promises we ask. And I we named think, my boat Extravagant yeah. Promises. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and as wow. a matter of fact, Anna, one of my friends in the program, when he bought his boat, he thought, oh, your boat name is so cool. You know, another recovering guy. He says, we need a good name for my boat, too. And, and we used to go places where we would be together on the boats. So I said, well, I know. Why don't we do this? Said, my boat is Extravagant Promises. Let's name your boat, We Think Not, K-N-O-T. Uh-huh. So we so we could dock beside each other, and when you walked by the boat, you know, we would say, look, are these extravagant promises? We think not. That's good. I love it. Yeah, we're not a glum lot. Right. That's very cool. Well, CJ, our time's just about up. Uh, give us your last word of wisdom, and, and thank you so much for all you've shared today. What's your last word of wisdom you want to leave with us today? My last word of wisdom is, Come to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Come to the rooms of the 12-step program. Come to the rooms where you can wear a new spiritual way of life, and amazing things will happen in your life, and miracles are happening daily around us. All right. That sounds fantastic. CJ, thank you so much for being my guest. Again, I really appreciate all that you've shared. I appreciate your uh, willingness to make that connection with the God of your understanding and grateful that you are indeed continuing to be so open to the miracles and that you're, you're there letting us all know about it. Much appreciated. Thanks thank for being you, my I, guest. I, I, yep. I and thank you all for, thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for listening with us today. Have a wonderful week and be, let that week be full of miracles. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find.
Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul. The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? 
Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcast.